Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. So glad that you're tuned in to today's program, and I will be your host for the next hour. My name is Jeff Figs. I'm usually here on Tuesday afternoons, and so delighted to be with you once again. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in beautiful northern Colorado as we overlook Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's a beautiful day, and so glad to be with you. It's a privilege to be with you, and looking forward to what today's program has for us. I'm here to take your questions and your prayer requests. Maybe you got a question about uh, your Bible reading that um, you need some clarity and understanding. Uh, I will do my best to, to give that to you as we go to the scriptures together. Maybe you got a question about Christian living, or maybe you got a prayer request. And I know that many of you that are listening today is maybe perhaps you're listening on Grace FM. You're listening live all along the Front Range. We got a beautiful day today. Hope your day was um, a good day in the Lord. And maybe perhaps you're coming home from school. Uh, picking up the kids, or maybe you're beginning your commute home. Maybe perhaps that uh, you are one that uh, you're finishing up work, or maybe you're just uh, relaxing at home. I, I hope that uh, today's program will encourage you and bless you. That really is our desire uh, here on Calvary Live, is not only to answer your questions, but to minister to you, to be able to pray for you. And I'm sure that uh, some of you need prayer, and I'd love to be able to pray with you and encourage you uh, any way that we can. We're here to serve you uh, here on the program and to be a blessing to you. So give me a call. You just heard the number. The number to be on the air is 303-690-3000, and uh, you also can uh, give a question and a prayer request by a dedicated text line, and that is 720 0897. I'll be repeating those numbers throughout the program, and uh, we have open lines, so grab one of those open lines. Uh, if you grab it at the beginning of the show, we will get to you um, fairly quickly and be able to answer your question. But 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And I only want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the Front Range and in Colorado from Pueblo and Fountain and Colorado Springs, and then also in northern Colorado. Huge signal up here in the metro area, and um, to be able to uh, also uh, listen up in the southern Wyoming, Cheyenne and Laramie, uh, welcome. And we also want to welcome all the uh, Hope FM and Truth FM listeners uh, on the East Coast. You are a week delayed. Uh, today's program will be airing next week, but you can call us at 303-690-3000, and we'll have our conversation, and then you can listen to it next week. But some of you listen online, and so you're listening live, and so we want to welcome all the online listeners 
all throughout the country. Uh, that number works anywhere in the United States. So we have open lines waiting for the, the phone uh, lines to ring and uh, see what the Lord has us for today. You know, I was uh, there um, uh, reading Psalm 119. It's the longest uh, chapter in all of the Bible. And it deals with God's Word, and, and the emphasis is God's Word. And uh, I want to read some of it to you uh, as I was looking at it this afternoon. That your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your Word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, and they are rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. And so I, I love Psalm 119 because the emphasis is is to take the word of God and hide it in our hearts. And here, uh, the psalmist, we think it was probably David. We don't know for sure. But he writes uh, that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that's what I hope and pray is that today as we go through the word of God, as we share the word of God, as we look to the word of God, that in your life that the word of God would be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path as you journey. Because we know that culture does come against us. And uh, we don't want to stray from what the Word of God has to say, no matter how much pressure culture puts on us or how difficult it can be. And I hope that uh, you and I are ones that we allow the Word of God to guide us and direct us in every area of our lives, every day of our lives, uh, because the Word of God is truth given to us. And what a privilege it is for us to have God's Word. And I think the great need for us as Christians and the great need in the church is to continue to grow in the Word of God. That's how our faith will grow. Uh, we're uh, studying the Book of Romans on Sunday mornings here at Calvary Greeley, and we're in that section that uh, Paul's talking about Israel. And he says in chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And as we are in the Word of God, as we're listening to the Word of God, we know that um, that the um, you know the, our faith grows and uh, will continue to grow as we grow in God's Word. And so that's my prayer. So we have open lines waiting for the uh, phone lines to ring. Uh, So give me a call, 303-690-3000. have all open lines, and uh, the text number is 720-336-0897. And since we are waiting uh, for the phone lines to ring, Let's go to the tax line. Uh, somebody's asking for prayer for their husband, uh, going through some legal uh, situations, and uh, very hard and difficult. And so let's go ahead and pray for this individual uh, that you know really needs prayer for their husband. So Lord, you know who uh, this one is. We pray that you would uh, just be with them and minister to them. And um, the legal situation, you know, it can be very difficult. It can be drawn out. It can be so taxing on um, a family, uh, on uh, whatever is going on. So, Lord, I just pray that you would bring comfort, uh, that you would resolve the situation, 
that, Lord, that uh, you would work it uh, to where, uh, first of all, you are glorified, and, uh, Lord, where there is peace that comes into the situation. So, Lord, we pray for uh, this wife that's praying for her husband, how hard it is that you would work, and that they would look to you and rest in you and rest in your love and trust uh, that you are with them and that uh, you're going to lead and guide in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. So very hard and difficult when we're going through situations like that. Um, so we do have open lines. We'll double-check make sure uh, everything is working on our end. But uh, give me a call, 303-690-3000. I know some of you are listening out there. Maybe perhaps you have been wanting to call in. Now's the time to call in. And I'll grab that open line or that line that you call in uh, as we have open lines uh, as soon as we can. So in the meantime, uh, we're just going to go ahead and continue with the text uh, line. Uh, I have one that I'm not going to read it all. It's it's quite long. But thank you for texting in, uh, Betty. And uh, just uh, somebody who's called in um, that wants prayer for their mom. And uh, so, Lord, we just pray for Betty's mom. Uh, as I read this, uh, you know the situation, um, and it's been very difficult on the family. So I just pray that you would just minister to her mind, that you would minister to her heart. Again, your instruction, uh, your comfort, uh, Lord, that eyes would be open, hearts would be softened. Lord, I pray for Betty, that you would just help her minister to um, her mother and Lord, um, I just pray that you would just uh, help her to look to you and find strength from you and guidance and wisdom. And, uh, Lord, the hurt that's there, um, the uh, difficulty that's been there, you know all about it. So I pray that you would work. And I just pray uh, for this situation. Lord, you care for us, and you love us, and you desire to work in our lives in a very, very real way. So I just lift up this family to you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So delighted to be with you on this Tuesday. And again, let me give you that text number, 720-336-0897. As I was telling you that on Sunday mornings we're in the Book of Romans. It's been such an incredible study. So I welcome you to come out and join us on Sunday mornings here at Calvary Greeley if you're in northern Colorado. And uh, come and um, just be blessed. We have three Sunday morning services. We have eight, and then nine thirty and eleven o'clock. We got a place for all the kids, and uh, we have a place for the youth as well. And we'd love to see you, and love to meet you and your family, and serve you guys. Also on Wednesday night, tomorrow night, we're going to continue our study in the Book of Revelation. It's been such an incredible study. And uh, we're taking our time going through Revelation, and we are in that section of the Book of Revelation has to do with Jesus writing those seven letters to the seven churches. We're going to start chapter 3 with the church of Sardis. And the church of Sardis had a reputation of being alive, but Jesus says you are dead. And I think there's some very important lessons in that in our Christian lives that maybe perhaps we had a reputation of being alive, but there's a deadness that has taken place. Or even in a church uh, that had a reputation of being alive, but deadness has come. So it's an important consideration as we go through the Church of Sardis. And one of the things that I pray is that for us that we wouldn't become dead, especially uh, in um, the day in which we're living in. We, we live in perilous times. 
Um, we just want to uh, be able to be used of the Lord in this time. And so um, come out and join us on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Again, got a place for all the kids and for the youth kids on Wednesday night. Still waiting for a phone call to come in. It's uh, open lines right now, so give me a call. 303-690-3000. Got another text uh, coming in, and let's go to that. If we go to text all hour, that's what the Lord has for us. That's what we'll end up doing. But I believe that the Lord does want us to um, have a conversation on the phone. This is your show, and so I invite you to call in while you have the opportunity. A text came in that Exodus chapter 7 and 8, it seems like the magicians of Pharaoh worked uh, miracles. And then the question goes, can Satan work miracles, or was this just magic? And uh, that's a very good question, because what we see, as many of you know, that text uh, that is in the book of, of Exodus talks about uh, how Moses, of course, would come to Pharaoh, and he would say, let my people go. And, and Pharaoh said, no, I'm not going to do that. And it was Moses that would throw down his staff, and then it was um, the, um, the uh, staffs of the magicians of Pharaoh that threw down their staffs and became snakes, just as Moses' staff became a serpent. And we know that when the plagues start happening, the first plague, uh, the water became his blood. Moses comes, uh, says, uh, Pharaoh, uh, let my people go, says the Lord. And Pharaoh uh, hardened his heart. He refused to let the people go. So he turned water into uh, to blood. And the magicians of Pharaoh, they found some water that had not been polluted, and they turned it into blood. And then we see in chapter 8, the second plague, and that is the frogs that uh, were called up by Moses. And we know that it was uh, frogs everywhere. And then it was uh, the magicians that called up frogs as well. The magicians could not take the frogs away. And so Pharaoh cries out to Moses and, you know, please entreat for me. And Moses said, at your word, and he said, tomorrow. So first of all, as we read that, we know this, that uh you know, Satan seems to be able to work miracles. Those magicians, it tells us when they threw down their staff that uh, it became serpents, and Moses' staff was a serpent, and, of course, Moses' serpent ate up their serpent. They were able to call up more blood. They were able to call up uh, uh, frogs um, from the land that was everywhere. But Satan is not the opposite equal of God. There's a limit in his miracles and what he could do. And the magicians could not take away the frogs. And that's why Pharaoh said, you know, Moses, tell me, you know, please, you know, intercede and and, um, make these frogs go away. And Moses, it's interesting, he says, at your word, Pharaoh, when do you want this to happen, in other words? And he said, tomorrow. And one of the things to remember that when Satan does miracles, it's always to make things worse. So he's not the opposite equal. Um, you know, he calls up more frogs. It's, it's like made things worse. Turned more water into blood, made things worse. Um, when it came to the lice, uh, they could not duplicate. Um, and it was the magicians that said, this is the finger of God. We do know that the Antichrist, 
uh, is going to work lines, signs, and wonders. So it seems like uh, pretty much uh, that uh, Satan can work miracles. Um, the Antichrist is going to be uh, directly influenced by Satan himself, is going to uh, perform lying signs and wonders, a false prophet as well, by the power of Satan. So he can work miracles. Um, and um, again, he's not the opposite equal of God. Uh, but we see it throughout the scriptures. And that's why when John says in his epistle, they test the spirits to see if they are of God, that we need to test it through the Word of God. We just can't test it through miracles or feelings because Satan can perform miracles uh, that the Scripture seems to indicate. And a lot of people in the tribulation period are going to be deceived because of lying signs and wonders. So good question. And uh, we do have a phone call in. Let's go to Audrey um, in Platteville. Hi, Aubrey. Yeah, that's me. You're on Calvary Live. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to get a prayer request in. Um, I was married to my husband for 16 years, Uh, lots of infidelity on my part, alcoholism, drugs. We were still believers, but not definitely not following God. And it got to the point to where I felt like I had a better option. And so I divorced my husband and I married another man. Um, I've since come to the agreement with God that that's not, he's not going to honor that. Um, right. It didn't take me very long for me to figure out that I had made a huge mistake. In fact, it was two months. Um, mm-hmm. Currently, my husband and I have been together, The my real husband, and I have been together for two years. I've tried to get a divorce from the other man. Um, he believes that it's God's will that we stay together. He refuses to sign anything, and I I want to find out what he feels and how he feels about it out of curiosity, but at the same time, I know that that's not my will. That's Satan's will. I don't need to be a part of that at all. I just, I want to know in my heart and in my head and in my soul that this is going to go through, that it will finally be done after two years, and I can go and proceed with my my god-given husband you know here's the aubrey here's here's what i just want to administer to you and tell you what god's word has to say because you know you 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 know they say two wrongs don't make a right um and you confess that you know divorcing my first husband was wrong it was not god's will and whenever we get out god's will it does make things worse and you come to understand that but one of the things that um, I want you to know is that you got married a second time and you are married to that husband. And as difficult as it is, um, and I don't know what's all going on, um, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 to keep your marriage vows. So I would suggest if you guys can get some counseling at a church, get some counseling. And um, I don't know all what's going on. I don't know the situations. Um, but First Corinthians chapter 7 also says that if you do get divorced, remain single, you know, and then reconcile to your, your husband or to your spouse. But the problem is you got remarried. And so you are married. And so now you're going through the divorce process again. 
So it, you're in a difficult situation. It sounds like it's very hard, but it, it's time to really seek the Lord and to, to really see, see what the Lord wants you to do and how difficult um, you know it is for you to say, Lord, it's time for me to be obedient to you and to your word. And so I do want to pray for you. I would encourage you to get some godly counsel and um, and to, you know, just um, be able to see what God's word really has to say in the time that we don't have here on the radio. So, Father, I just pray for Aubrey. Uh, she's been in a difficult situation and uh, she's been divorced and now she's going through another one. And um, she realized that um, she's she's uh, done some things outside of your will and outside of your word. And I just pray you give her wisdom and guidance and direction. And, Lord, that um, she would trust in you, that you would work in this situation in in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Amen. Aubrey? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. God bless you. God bless you. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000 is the phone lines are starting to ring. It's very important that we we stay within the parameters and the guidelines of Scripture, what uh, it tells us, um, because, um, you know, God, he says to us, this is how I've ordained marriage. Um, marriage is a holy institution. He desires for us to keep our marriage vows, and so he gives us the guidelines in that. And then if we get divorced, um, we marry another. We are married to that individual, so we want to make sure we understand what God's Word has to say. So we'll be praying um, in this situation that we just discussed. Let's go to Desiree uh, in Thornton. Desiree? Hi, hello? Desiree, you're on Calvary Hi. Live. How are you? I'm fine, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You got a question for me? Yes, I was. Um, I, I was watching. I watched a documentary of Enoch, the story of Enoch, mm-hmm. and um, boy, it's just so interesting. He talks about the giants. He talks about how um, how Satan. He knew that. God was going to send Jesus into the world, and um, he tried to overpopulate the world with giants. Is all that mm-hmm. true? Well, there's not a whole lot said in Enoch. Um, we know that as we look at uh, the genealogy, it says that Enoch walked with God, and then he was no more. That's really all it says about Enoch um, oh, in the book of Genesis. The books that they say that they found of okay. Enoch, it's not true? Well, there's there's a a book of Enoch that's out there that probably is what this documentary that is uh, what you're looking at. He was in the in Genesis in the time before the flood, and um, and that's what they're probably basing it on. I haven't seen it. And then in the little book of Jude in the back, there's a little mention of Enoch as well. But Enoch was raptured. I think um, that we see that very clearly. Uh, but he walked with God. He was a godly man, and we also know that um, it tells us uh, Enoch was the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. So he prophesied about um, the second coming of Jesus Christ. So everything else is, you know, extra-biblical, biblical um, sources, 
And so I would just take it with a grain of salt and just stick to the scriptures. Um, okay. So stick to God's word. You know, that's the important thing, Desiree, is there's so much information that's out there and documentaries and extra biblical sources. There's nothing wrong. It's not sinful to, to watch those things or to listen to those things. But the thing is, make sure that you you have your stick uh, Bible, Bible be the yeah, stick to your Bible, because yeah. that's where you're safe. So there's only a few verses about Enoch. I look forward to meeting Enoch. I mean, he walked with God, and all of a sudden he was raptured. I, and, I um, love God so much. Um, good. Oh, I'm just so happy. Every time I sit there and I talk about heaven with my grandkids, we just good. get so excited. And um, now I understand. If somebody yeah. should die... I know where they're going to be. They're going to be with my father. Yeah, and those who are. And that's where those, I try to yeah. teach all my grandkids and my kids. If yeah. I should go, you know where we're going to meet up, but we got to live right for God. And yeah. we got to share his word so all of yeah. us could make it to heaven. And yeah. it's, the rapture. It's only, right. I it's only it's through soon. Jesus Christ. I believe it's soon. So, yeah. All right, Desiree. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for All calling. Right. God bless you. God bless Thank you. you. Uh huh. Those of us who are in Christ Jesus to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And so salvation is to those who put their faith and trust in him. He is our salvation. There is none other. And uh, so that's the message we want to give to others. So, hey, let's go to Tony in Pennsylvania. Tony? Hello. How are you? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Good. I just have a. I don't know, I guess a question I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with a little bit. I know when we're saved, we're told we're sealed to the day of redemption. Mm-hmm. And But reading in Revelation, it says that, you know, that I think it was Jesus basically that was saying that I shall not blot their name out of the book of life. My right. concern and my question comes in is I have a friend who's backslidden to the point where his life is a, a wreck. And yeah. we've been praying for him and, and trying to get him. All we can do is intercede because he won't talk to anybody anymore. Uh-huh. My concern is, is is it possible to, for him to, to go so far down the ladder that he could lose his salvation and his name well, be blotted out? Yeah, and and that's the you know great debate in the church. Um, it's been debated for the last 2,000 years. Church has split over it. Uh, people, you know, have written volumes and volumes over it. I like to look at simply what the Scripture has to say, uh, because, you know, all the arguments can be good arguments, but you mentioned some verses that are very important for us to understand, um, that we are uh, Second Corinthians, um, that He has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee for us as believers. He says that a second time, um, in chapter 5 of Second Corinthians, that he is a, prepared for us, this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And then Ephesians chapter 1, right? That um, there's the guarantee of the Holy Spirit um, that is given to you and to me uh, as an inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So as I look at Scripture, as I look at Peter, that he says that our inheritance incorruptible undefiled is kept for us by the power of god uh, for salvation so i believe in the security of of the believer Uh, i believe that that word seal is a very strong word 
because you can compare it even to the book of Revelation chapter uh, you know, 20 when it says that when the um, you know, the, the dragon, the devil, Satan bound for a thousand years, cast him to the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him. That's our word, their seal. That means what? He ain't getting out. He ain't right. getting out until the Lord allows him. So that word seal is, it's, it's a seal. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Um, so, um, you know, to be born again by the Spirit of God, uh, I don't see in the New Testament where we're, you know, unborn again. So you hang on, okay? okay. And you hear, you hear the music, Tony. We'll be right back. And on the other side of the break, we'll finish up our thoughts, okay? You're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Pastor Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So delighted to be with you this afternoon. And so, as you just heard the number, 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be on the air. And that text line is 720-336-0897 if you want to text in a question or a prayer request. And so I'd love for you to join us as we're in the second half of the program. Um, I do want to go back to Tony. Uh, Tony was uh, asking a question about... a. Uh, losing your salvation is a question that comes up a lot and is a question that's debated very much in the church. Tony, you still with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for waiting and uh, as no we went to break. But um, it comes to uh, those who uh, will you know, say that, yes, we can lose our salvation. Uh, they will go to that verse that you spoke of, that God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So as you look at the book of life, it's kind of interesting. The book of life uh, written all the way from the book of Exodus. Um, remember that Moses talked about the book of life? Um, and he said, um, as he was back up on the mountain in, in chapter 32, that he said that, you know, forgive them, Lord. They're saying, if not, I, I pray, blot me out of your book, which you have written. Um, so there's, you know, a debate you know, is the book of life, if everybody's name's in it, and then it, you know, do you get blotted out? Is it just for those who get saved, and then they walk away from their salvation, they get blotted out? Um, you know, there's all that debate you can read and look at. I, I like to go to Revelation chapter 3, and uh, the church of uh, Sardis, which we're going to actually be studying on Wednesday tomorrow night here in Greeley, but he says, he who overcomes, this is the promise that Jesus is giving to those who are overcomers. The definition of an overcomer is in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5. He who overcomes believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So it's somebody who believes that they are, you know, that believes in Jesus as the Son of God. And they will be clothed in white garments. That speaks of salvation, right? And I will sure. not blot... I will not blot his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. 
So there is a uh, there's a promise there that he won't blot our, blot our name out of the book of life. So you know, was your friend who's backslidden? Was he saved in the first place? There are some who say, well, um, if he wasn't saved, you, you know, in the first place, then that's the state he's in, um, you know, because we can't lose our salvation. So sure. that's that's something only the Lord knows, is who is saved and who are his. We have, as Romans chapter 8 says, the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God, that we have the spirit of adoption, that we cry out, Abba, Father. And so I have the assurance that I belong to Jesus. Um, I don't worry about losing my salvation. But, you know, I think a lot of us, we know people, and I've even had a family member that one time they confess and profess that they are believers, and now they've walked away, and they don't. Well, were they even saved in the first place? And so I go with what Scripture says, um, I, I know that this salvation is not a game to play around with, because I think that there are those, even as Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. And there are people that I believe that say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, but they really haven't come to the saving faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ, the surrender to him. And where's the line? I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not God. And I, I know this, that that I ask people, where are you at today? Where are you at sure. today? And, and I uh, guess the, continu- the big thing for me is, I, I mean, we know the judge. We, we're going to be yeah. left without excuse. And I know he's fair, and he's a loving God. So, I mean, if this friend professed Jesus as his Lord and Savior at one time, and, and now he's off on the rails, you know, I just take confidence in the judge and knowing that that's the only way I could explain it to others in our group is that I, we know the judge. We know he's just. We know right. he's fair. He's going to leave us without excuse. So, you know, ultimately, I yeah. want to make sure my salvation is, is secure before I dare right. try to help anybody else. Well, and that's the thing. This salvation that we have is not a game to play with. Sure. And, and, and it's a great salvation and to be thankful. But I do see where, you know, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in us will bring it to completion, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. That, you know, this this inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled, is reserved in heaven, kept by the power of God. So salvation is a work of God, right? We all agree with that. And I think that the process of sanctification is also a work of God, as Romans 8 says, as we walk in the Spirit. It's all Jesus. And, sure. um, and so I know that the Lord says to me, okay, I may not know were they saved at one time or not saved. I I don't know exactly, but I do know this, that I can minister to them the gospel, I can pray for them, that truly if they didn't come to the Lord, that they would come to the Lord. And I'm very thankful that we're in his hands and no one's going to pluck us out and there's no separation from his love, as Romans 8 says. So, you know, just Amen. pray for him and continue to, to minister to him and be thankful that we have, you know, the security as a, a believer that he promises that those who overcome, he will not blot us out of the book of life. So um, so hopefully that helps. Oh, it does. It does. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling, Tony. Appreciate it. You got it. Have a good day. God bless. You bet. 
303-690-3000. Somebody hangs up, then there's an open line. But let's go to Joyce, who's been waiting patiently in, in Fort Collins. Joyce? Hi. How are you? I'm good, Joyce. How are you? I'm good. So I have a question. Luke 18, um, 25. But it is easier for a camel to go through a needle eye than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Right. So what is your... So- Thoughts on that. Well, here Jesus in Matthew records the same thing that Jesus said. Um, he he said that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and then they said, as you continue, uh, when those who heard it said, then who can be saved? And he said that the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I think what Jesus is saying, and he would say this after the rich young ruler came and walked away, wouldn't follow after him, um, that that story that's there. Jesus said, sell all that you have um, and distribute to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. But when he heard this, he was very sorrowful. So that's where Jesus said it's, it's hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Here's the thing. I think what Jesus is saying is, that um, those who can have riches, that they don't sense a need to come to the Lord. Um, but these guys are saying, well, then who can be saved? And I, and I think that's an important consideration because nobody can be saved unless they come to Jesus Christ. And with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible, whether you're rich or whether you're poor. There was a problem in that rich man ruler's life, and that is, he was not willing to follow after Jesus. Um, there was a problem of covetousness um, that kept him from coming to Jesus. And whatever problem keeps us from coming to Jesus, that we need to surrender that and come to him and surrender our lives to him. So he's not saying that rich people cannot go into the kingdom of heaven and be saved. He's not saying that. Because we know that David was rich, wasn't he? Solomon Mm -hmm. was richer than any man that ever existed. Abraham was rich. Abraham was a friend of God. We know that uh, David was a man after God's own heart. We know that Solomon had the wisdom of God. And then when you go to the New Testament, you read about Joseph of Arimathea. He was a rich man. And Nicodemus, who prepared the body of Jesus, they were disciples of Jesus, and they were wealthy. So it's not that if you're rich, you can't go into heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying, and that's why it's important that the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. So whether you're rich or poor or you got covetousness or you know whatever is keeping you from coming to Jesus, we need to give that up, come to him, and follow after him. So people okay. get kind of confused when they read that. They think, oh, no, if I'm rich, I can't make it into heaven. Um, no, that's not what Jesus is saying. Uh, and he is saying... Um, that we need to forsake and and come to him, and he needs to be preeminent in our lives over everything. So with 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 God, all things are are possible. Uh, we can't yeah. save ourselves. And see what they taught in that day too, Joyce, was that the Pharisees taught and the religious leaders taught, like some even do today, that if you're wealthy then that's a, um, you know, a sign of God's favor on you, and you are saved. So Jesus is saying, wait a minute here, not necessarily so. Now, 
if he blesses us with riches or money or with wealth, it comes from him. We can be thankful for that. But there are people that are wealthy we know that that they are not believers in the Lord. So salvation comes by Jesus alone, surrendering to him, whether you're rich or poor, and following after him, as Jesus said. He said, come follow me, and because um, your treasure is going to be in heaven. So hopefully yes. that kind of clears it up a little bit. So. Yes. All right. Thank All you. Right. God bless Thanks, you. Joyce. Good question. Good question. So, Thanks. You bet. Have a good Thanks. evening. You too. All right, 303-690-3000. So glad to be with you. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. And um, so let's go to, I'm looking at my uh, call screen, and let's go ahead um, with, let's try Shane. Shane, I think, has been waiting from Colorado Springs. Shane? Shane, are you there? Oh, hopefully we didn't. So, Shane, if you can call back, um, I guess we lost him. So let's go to see who else is on. Um, I think that's it. We got open lines, so we do have some open lines. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And uh, we still got time to take your calls and questions. Another question that came in on the text line, let's check that real quick, and then I think some calls are coming in. Um, We uh, have a prayer request for somebody, uh, Rhonda, uh, that um, guidance and direction for uh, her and her husband, and uh, they are choosing to relocate to Texas from Colorado Springs and sell in their home. So, Father, we pray for Rhonda and her husband as they're looking at relocating to Texas. We pray for direction. We pray for guidance for them. And uh, we pray that you would provide. And, Lord, that the, their home would sell, um, that uh, they would find the jobs they need, and, and just direct them and guide them as they look at making a move. Um, so we pray for Clayton and Rhonda. We pray for your hand to be upon them, working in their lives, in their situation, showing them and guiding them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, let's go to, while we're waiting for phone calls to come in, somebody asking for prayer for their niece um, that was in a car accident and has been injured uh, to Sean. So, Father, we pray uh, for her, for uh, Tashawn, that uh, she was in a car accident, has been injured. We don't know the severity of it, but we pray that you'd bring healing, that uh, you'd be with the doctors and nurses right now as they minister to her. And uh, a car accident can be very traumatic, um, even the, the aftermath. So, Lord, we just pray that you would just bring healing to her and uh, that you would uh, bless and um, that she would recover from the injuries that she has experienced from this car accident. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's try Shane again on line one. Shane, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you, Shane? Oh, I deserve. Good. You, you got something for me? Yeah. Um, I was listening earlier, and a lady called in about the book of um she saw a video on it, and I was wondering if... Uh, Shane, Shane, we lost you, so... Again? So, nope, Hello? I'm still losing you. Try it again. Okay, 
we lost you. Go ahead and try that again. Okay. Have you uh, read the book of Enoch? I haven't read it. Okay. Uh, my wife and I, we just read it a couple weeks ago, and we were wondering, um, I mean, it might be hard if you haven't read it, but uh, I know both the the line of Seth had an Enoch, which was I would assume would be the righteous one since he was from the um, uh-huh. the gift from God lineage, and then Cain also had a Enoch. And so I was just wondering possibly if you knew what the likeliness was of Cain's Enoch writing the book, because the book seemed to have very a, lot, a few things that ran parallel with the Bible, agreed with it, and then it seemed like most of the book was on, uh, it's kind of confusing, but what should be what hell was like, um, but it also kind of looked like it might be along the lines of trying to say what heaven might be like. Yeah, and I don't know. I've never seen it. And like I said, there's, you know, the Enoch that I know that, you know, usually people make reference to is, you know, a verse in Genesis, a verse in Jude, and that's about it. So yeah. um, I haven't looked at the, the one documentary. That, the one that they usually yeah. talk about, I would say, would be the uh, Genesis 5.18, which is from the Seth line, which would be the good one. And yeah. then, But in 4.18, it talks about... Enoch was born to Irod. Yes, uh, but he's from the lineage of Seth. But then there's an Enoch that was born from Cain that's in chapter four, mm-hmm. verses sixteen through eighteen. Yep, don't know don't know anything about him. Just that he's mentioned. Okay. okay, Shane, you keep breaking up, so I'm going to go ahead and let you go. Thanks for calling for your comments. I really appreciate it. And uh, so, um, just. Um, you know, like I said, you know, go with the scriptures. I know that is God's truth, and uh, these things are kind of interesting to look at. But um, haven't seen the documentary on it or anything like that on Enoch. Hey, let's go to John and Aurora. John, hello, Pastor. How are you, John? Oh, fine. Thank you for asking. You bet. What do you got for me? Well, I believe we're talking, uh, you were talking earlier to, uh, was it Audrey, the lady who uh-huh. uh, was on her second husband? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, in, in Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, it, it shows how, how God is the one, the Lord is the one who dissolves the marriage. And also in uh-huh. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I think it's verse 20, uh, 39, and so, um, you need to go there? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. John, I lost you. Uh, with that in mind, we go to the, the Gospels, first three Gospels, and he calls marriage after divorce. Uh, adultery, and so right. we could look at it as uh, any other sin. We can repent and we can turn, sure. and 180 degrees. And so there is an opportunity for her to be restored to her first husband because the Lord doesn't realize the second marriage because there's so, no death involved. Yeah. You know, John, um, in the, the Romans chapter 7, when Paul talks about that we're, we're um, he's making a point that we're, uh, 
we're dead to the law because the law can't save us. And he uses the point of if uh, if a husband dies, then the wife is free to be joined to another. That's the point made in Romans chapter 7. And um, the point is that we are free. We're dead to the law um, because the law can't save us. So we're free to join to Jesus Christ who brings life. That's, first of all, Romans chapter 7. Um, what I was pointing out to her was, um, you know, Jesus does say that if you divorce your wife um, and marry another, then you committed, um, you know, uh, adultery, except for the case of sexual immorality. He, he does give that. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, all I was pointing out was that uh, as the Corinthians were wondering, do we keep our marriage vows, Paul said you need to keep your marriage vows is what you're to do. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. Um, and then he says, if you do, remain single, and then you can be restored to your, your um, husband or your wife. There's problems in that. If they get remarried again, for them to divorce and marry you back, it, it just becomes a, a very tangled uh, web of, uh, you know, because people say, should I divorce my husband and go back to my first one? It's like, no, you are married and you've taken your marriage vow. You're to keep those marriage vows is what I believe is what's being said. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it's Jeremiah chapter 3 or 4, where uh-huh. uh, Israel had uh, committed adultery against the Lord. And uh, he also gave her a bill of divorce. But he said, yeah. return unto me a little later in the chapter, uh, for I am married unto you. So he also goes in and says that it's an abomination uh, normally for a man uh, to take a wife and then uh, that's been previously married and divorced, and then for her to go back to the former husband. But he says, return unto me. So even the Lord is able to um, look at the situation and say, no, Let's go. Let's work reconciliation here with the original uh-huh. vows, the original marriage. Uh huh. So, all right. So you know, in you know, Luke chapter eighteen, um, it's interesting that um, as Jesus is talking about the unjust steward, actually in chapter sixteen, it's interesting he talks about um, to those religious leaders. Uh, he said, it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one taught, uh, dot or tittle from the law to fail. And then he says something. He says, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. And I, I thought for a while, why would Jesus all of a sudden say that when he told the parable of the unjust steward? You know, the, the Pharisees were lovers of money. They heard all these things. They derided him. And then all of a sudden he's talking about, you know, this, this um, you know, if you divorce his wife, marries another, commits adultery. And what was happening back in those days is Alfred Schiederhein, have you ever read any of his books? He's a Jewish scholar that was a Christian that wrote a book, The Life and Times of Jesus. And he was indicating that uh, some of the ancient records show that the Pharisees were just divorcing their wives over anything, and they were getting married 20, 30 times, some of them were. That's how how bad it was. So Jesus is like saying, you know, here you are deriding me, and and yet you guys 
or playing games with this. And I think when it comes to marriage, that there is forgiveness that is there in a divorced person. We never want to condemn them. But also the seriousness of keeping our wedding vows is also given there in the scripture. So, um, you know, it is something that, uh, you know, you become one flesh and um, it's a holy institution. And, you know, the other thing too, John, there's one thing that came out of paradise. Do you know what that one thing was? What, what came out of paradise? Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the garden? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Adam and Eve have to come out. Marriage. They're, marriage they're was dri- the only thing that no, came that's out. Right. Yeah. That's right. You're right. Marriage was the only thing that came out. So the definition of marriage has not changed. You know, and Jesus said, what God has put together, let no man put asunder. As Absolutely. In Matthew chapter 19, they said, you know, they started asking about divorce, and there was a couple thoughts back in those days. And then he gives that, you know, whoever divorces his wife marries another, commits adultery. Um, but, you know, it's it's God's desire. We know this, that we keep our marriage vows and that, that we stayed married. And, um, and then if there is a divorce, there's forgiveness um, that is there, but also to be reconciled to to the first. And he says to remain single, though, um, to do that. Right. So yeah. we got to take what the Word of God has to say. So Absolutely. appreciate it, John. Thank you, Pastor. You okay. bet. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. You bet. All right, we got a few minutes left, and, um, you know, marriage is something that um, is something that God's Word has to say, and, and uh, we always want to, um, you know, we don't want to condemn anyone who gets a divorce, but uh, marriage is God's holy institution, and and uh, and I think a good way maybe to end the show today is to pray for the marriages that are out there. And see, here's the thing. We just had a, a conference on, uh, you know, a marriage conference here at Calvary Greeley, and we talked about a lot of these things. And, uh, um, you know, God desires for us to keep our marriage vows. And I know that um, the divorce can happen, um, but what I pray is is that, Father, for those who are going through a difficult time, that uh, you would just uh, bring keep those marriages together. There'd be a, a humbling of two individuals to come to you and um, to work together uh, because, Lord, uh, it's a holy institution. Your desires be for a man and a woman to be married for the long as they both shall live. And, Lord, to to help us to keep our marriage vows. And, Lord, I do pray for those who are thinking of getting married, that they would really pray and seek your wisdom and your guidance, Lord, and um, to seek your word and to be in prayer and to to really know what your will is for their lives, for a couple's lives. So, Lord, I just want to lift up all the marriages that are listening today, and I just pray that you would uh, bless um, the marriages that, are, are, you know, uh, in our churches and in our lives, um, those who are listening in Jesus' name. Amen. I also, because the subject of marriage is to encourage you, if any of you are out there, that you are thinking of getting married, that you really seek the Lord. I, I think that's one of the things that uh, when somebody comes in to me for premarital counseling, I will ask them, First of all, what the definition of marriage is, 
Um, and we get that from Genesis chapter 2, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And then I ask him, why Why do you want to get married? And what I hope to hear is that we have really sought God's will on this, that we prayed about, we fasted about it, we prayed together, we really feel like this is God's will for our lives because, you know, next to your decision for, you know, the Lord to to come into your life as Lord and Savior, that's the most important decision, that uh, a, a very important decision to make is who you're going to marry. And it's a decision, particularly for young people, that this is a decision that's going to have ramifications for the next 40, 50 years of your life, 60 years of your life if you're young, if you live a normal life, a normal, normal lifespan. Uh, but to uh, marry that godly man, Ladies, you're not going to marry a perfect man. And uh, for uh, the guys to uh, marry a godly woman to come to Christ together, it's so, so special. And make sure that you get that premarital counseling, uh, that it will go over all the the scriptures of the roles and responsibilities as husbands and wives and um, how to have a godly home and then how you can leave a godly legacy and inheritance which is so, so important. So I pray uh, that that's a consideration. Uh, if anybody's listening out there, maybe it's for somebody. Make sure that you go through the scriptures, that you're seeking the Lord. And the Lord is the one, is the foundation of our marriage. He is the one that brings us together, and he's the one that's going to keep you in a strong marriage. And we need that today because culture comes along and redefines marriage. So we want to see what the Word of God has to say. Hey, thank you, everybody, for being a part of the show. God bless you, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.